You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. Listen, this is a huge game. And it would be, nothing would be sweeter than clinching the division in Seattle. A place where they've won, what, twice since 2011? Alex Smith yeah. beat them right around this time. The Alex Smith-led team in 2011. Yeah in December, and then they win in 2019, the last game of the season with a green loss stop. Other than that, it's it's been a house of horrors for this team. It really has. And it's mostly been Russell Wilson. But even last year when Wilson was struggling, you know, they still find a, found a way to lose to them. So this is this is a huge game. It's a Thursday night. You're going on the road. Purdy's banged up. Hope he plays. My God, if I got to watch Josh Johnson, <laughs> I, I cannot, cannot physically take my heart. Can't take it. I can't take it. So you got to hope that Purdy's going to play and they can get this done. I think they're going to get it done anyway, even if they don't win this week, but um, oh, yeah. my God, but the stat that stuck out to me the most as we looked in this game, Akash, you put it on Twitter. I took a picture of it. I really liked it. Seahawks rushing defense last five games has been atrocious. 21 for 122, 44 for 161, 40 for 283. 33, 171, and 46 for 223. So teams are just turning around, handing it off, and just running all over them. Is that the key to the game? Absolutely, that's the key to the game. And their rushing defense was okay in the first half of the season. I mean, in the back half. So since week 10, right, Brian's was talking about the last five weeks or so. They're 32nd in yards per carry allowed. They're 30th in run defense DVOA. They're 31st in EPA per play against the run and 30th in success rate against the run. So just bottom three run defense over the last like four or five weeks. Uh, They're missing a couple of key defensive linemen. I think Al Woods isn't playing. Um, And so they've been susceptible. And, you know, part of it is, yeah, they're giving up a lot of yards. But if you look at it, like Tampa Bay ran the ball for 44 times. Uh, They played the Panthers. They ran the ball 46 times. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is now your defense staying fresh, staying off the sidelines. You are controlling clock. You're controlling the ball. You're grinding these, you know, uh, offensive series out. And that just plays kind of into the formula that Kyle Shanahan and 49ers want to utilize. And so I think it starts with that. And the Niners run offense has also been effective the last few weeks. I think Jordan Mason's averaging like five and a half yards per clip 
over the last three weeks, ever since he's just been more integrated in the offense. Christian McCaffrey looks more explosive. Uh, I think he had like three or four 10 plus yard runs this past week. So he's coming in, you know, to his own, looks a lot healthier. I know he had the knee irritation a couple weeks ago. So he looks fresh. I just think the Niners strength, which is, which is now starting to become their run rushing offense against Seattle's weakness, their run defense is just the key to this game. And then, you, you know, you flip it over to the other side, you know, people were talking about Geno Smith, like he was an MVP in the first month of the season and he was playing well, you know, I think he was fifth in EPA per play in the first month mm-hmm. of the season, despite, you know, putting up no points against the 49ers and having his worst performance of the season in week two. But in the back half of the season, in the last like 10 weeks, he's fallen to 18th in EPA per play. He's a lot more just pedestrian. He's been turning the ball over a little bit more and they've been more reliant on him as a thrower. And that just hasn't necessarily worked out. I know they get Kenneth Walker, their stud rookie running back back this week. So that'll be a point of emphasis, but I just think Seattle kind of peaked and they're trending the wrong way. And the Niners are just, like I said earlier, they're the hottest team in football playing their, you know, the best, assuming Brock Purdy's a go. I just, I feel like the 49ers should be able to handily win this game. I know things get weird when they play Seattle. I was there last year in Seattle and, you know, there was like a fake punt. Jimmy Garoppolo threw some backbreaking interceptions to Bobby Wagner. It went to overtime. It was just a weird game and weird crap always happens against the Seahawks, but I think the Niners are the better team. They're trending the right way. They know what's at stake with, uh, you know, the NFC West on the line. I just think they come out and take care of business. Yeah, I was uh, I was listening to uh, Robert Mays' The Athletic Football Show. By the way, Al, I did make it on to the uh, mailbag episode. Oh, did they play my, your uh, question? Voice. Good for, good yeah, for you, man. Good on for there, you. So I'm pretty excited. <laughs> you're mo- you're I, uh, moving up in the world, right? That's right. Brian Rennick, <laughs> part of The Athletic Football Show, at least that one episode. Um, but, uh, but. Uh, he had Mike Sando on and they do a, a Monday morning hangover and they were talking specifically about Seattle. They were talking about the storylines that we thought could, could go through the rest of the season. And then turns out that they haven't right. And one of them was Seattle on the success that they were having. Uh, they've had five games and, and it feels like of those five, I think four have come in like the last, it feels like the last five or six weeks, but they've had five games where opponents have run 40 plus times on them. Uh, which leads the NFL. And then we talked about that Carolina game last week. Carolina rushed 46 times for 223 yards. The longest run for any Panther was a 26-yard scramble from Sam Darnold. So they ran for 223 yards, and their longest run was 26. Like, that, that's tough to do. That's t- In the NFL, to get over 200 yards on the ground and not have some massive run that you broke for a touchdown – uh, it tells you that, again, they were just pounding the ball on them and Seattle had zero answer. And then on the flip side, we talked about, Akash, you talked about Geno Smith and his, you know, his meteoric rise in the first half and kind of come back down to earth in the second half. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Seattle has not been able to run the ball at all uh, mm-hmm. over their past six games. In fact, uh, again, going back the last six weeks, uh, Seattle is 32nd in offensive DVO and rush offensive DVOA 32nd at minus 38%, minus 38%, which again, average being 0%, which means that the opposing defense has a 38% advantage every time that Seattle runs the ball. They're not running it anywhere. They're, they've got nothing. In fact, against Carolina, they had 10 running back carries for 28 yards. That was it. 
And so Geno Smith is not good enough to carry an offense like Josh Allen if you don't have a run game. He needs that run game to help his own efficiency, and it hasn't been there. And so Seattle is trending in the exact opposite direction as the 49ers. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I have no, I have no inclination that, I, that there's going to be a blowout. This is a game in Seattle against Pete Carroll. They're playing for their playoff lives because if they don't win the West, they're likely not going to get a playoff spot. Uh, they, as a matter of fact, as things stand right now, they're on the outside looking in. So they're playing for their playoff lives. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not in the business of predicting blowouts. Uh, I thought both games the past two weeks were going to be close and they weren't. And so I would rather think, Hey, this game's going to be close. And then, you know, be ready to crack a beer and, and not even watch the second half. Cause you know, they're up 28, nothing on the bucks, but it, it really is. It, it really is. This team is exactly opposite of what Pete Carroll wants to be. <laughs> Pete Carroll wants to run the ball yeah. and he wants to stop the run and they can't do either one of those things, which is interesting. You know what I just realized, you guys? My microphone has not been plugged in this entire time. So I hope I don't sound like <laughs> it when this comes on. I just I just looked at my, I'm like, my microphone is not on it. I just never plugged it in. So there you go. So if I sound like shit on this podcast, that's why. Um, re- re- really quick, you mentioned Mike Sando, and I wanted to throw this out there because it's just, I don't know, I always, stories like this, I just want to um, give people praise when I can. So when I first started doing this, I mean, first started. So whenever that was eight years ago, I don't know, but I would reach out to people just like for like, Hey, for advice, or I'm just getting started. I reached out to a lot of people. The only two people who got back to me were Mike Sando and Pete Briscoe. Awesome. The only two people. And I will always appreciate them for that. And Mike's a great dude. And you mentioned him on there. He's a great guy. He's always willing to help or give advice or like respond. Awesome. So he's one of the guys out there. If you're doing this man, like and I would be willing to help anybody who reached out because uh, remember when you first start, you're like, what can I do to get noticed? What can I do? And, and Mike's a great right. dude. And so is Pete. So I want to throw that out there. So you mentioned the Seattle and running yet. Yeah, they've, they haven't hit a hundred yards in the ground five of the last six games. And I'm looking at Seattle because we gave them a lot of praise this year. And look, they, they, they were six and three at one point and people didn't think they were going to win six games all season. Right. But if you really look at this, if you really go back and look now that we're that deep into the season, they beat a bad Broncos team that only, they only beat because they fumbled, I think, three times in the red zone or two times in the red zone or whatever it was. They beat the Lions, and they gave up 45 points in that game. They lose to the Saints, who suck. They beat the Cardinals, who suck. They beat a Chargers team who's ravaged by injuries. They beat the Giants, who I'm sorry, the Giants suck. They beat the Cardinals again, who still suck. And then they start to kind of come back to earth. They have the London game and they lose to Tampa and they didn't look good in that game, but you think, Oh, they go to London. Let's see. They have a bye week. And then they come back and lose to the freaking Raiders. They barely get by the Rams who are God awful. And, and starting, starting <laughs> and the Rams are starting the, that rookie quarterback from Virginia. Right. Bryce Bryce Perkins or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they barely get to that game. And then Carolina right. runs all over them. They're seven and six. Their last, their next three games are the Niners, the Chiefs, and the Jets. Yeah, give me seven and nine, real quick, real. I mean, they're quick. Staring, yeah. at, staring at zero and three in that next stretch. Yeah, serious, seriously, mm-hmm. I think the Jets are better than them right now. So they could go away really quickly. The Niners could just cruise here. I think where the Niners have to start turning their attention to again, knock on wood, everybody stays healthy, is the two seed. 
that's where I think we're talking, which is crazy to say, because, you know, at three and four, we're like, where is this team going? But I really believe that I think right now the Niners, the Niners need to start looking towards maybe getting that two seed because it's, it's attainable. And the Seahawks team, you guys mentioned Gino, he mentioned that he needs to play a little bit more within himself. I just think he is what he is. Like you said, if they don't have that running game and Ken Walker's playing, but his ankle is, there's no way his ankle is completely healthy. So yeah. it's, I think it's going to be tough sledding for them. And they have a defense that Carroll likes to run the ball and play defense right now. They can't do either. So they're definitely not doing what he wants to do. So this game yeah. is definitely set up for the 49ers to go in there. Even if they don't have, I think they could win with Josh Johnson, to be honest with you, because I think they could turn the ball and hand it off. I think this will be more of a Jordan Mason game just because I don't think you're going to rely on McCaffrey as much on the short week, at least, I mean, they may, but I, you know, I would think they try to get other people involved and Mason has been terrific. He's averaging, like you said, Akash over five yards of carry um, last two games. He's eight for 51 and 11 for 56 in terms of rushes. So I think he can maybe get in a little bit earlier this time around and really put the hammer down on them and have a good night. And I can see the Niners coming through. I don't know, man. I think my prediction for this game will probably be, well, if Purdy plays fifty-five to ten, but if not, um, <laughs> yeah, like uh, no, no, I could, I could see like maybe a little bit more tough sledding because they're in Seattle. It's a short week. I could see like a twenty-four to ten type game. I still don't see, even though I am worried about the Niners' interior. Um, I, I still don't think Seattle is going to be able to do much offensively because nobody has against this defense. So I'll say the twenty-four to ten Niners. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I, across the stretch, I don't think anyone scored more than 17 points, and that was Mike McDaniel's Dolphins. And that included, like, a first play home run touchdown. 75-yard, yeah. Yeah, and they gave up, you know, what have they given up in the second half of the last, like, six games? Like, 10 points, 7 points? It's something ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. they gave up 7 mm-hmm. to Tampa Bay, and they gave up 7, seven to Miami. To Miami. So 14, so 14, 14 points. in yeah. the last six games. I mean, th- they're playing <laughs> exceptional. Yeah. Um, and I just think they, they're they playing with a higher sense of urgency than they did earlier in the season. I think, like I said, they know what's at stake. Short week. They know they can take the division. It's a hat and T-shirt game. Uh, Little Birdie also told me they've got their Christmas holiday party this weekend on Saturday. So nice. the team probably would love to cap off the division and celebrate that this weekend rather than, uh, you know, losing on Thursday and just having a having a down that, holiday party. That hangover, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a score prediction, Akash? I'm going to go 27-14. I just think with if Brock Purdy plays, which I think he is, I think yeah. this offense is going to run all over Seattle. And I just don't think Seattle's offense is good enough across four quarters to put up points against this defense. And then the other thing is defense. This defense has gotten what two plus interceptions in the last two weeks against Tom Brady and Tua, who didn't really throw interceptions coming into the game. Neither one and of them. So yeah, so they're just with the pressure that they're you know creating with their defensive line, they're forcing these quarterbacks to play a little faster. And Tom Brady just did not look like himself. Tua Tagovailoa, same thing, didn't really look like himself. And so I expect that trend to continue. I'm sure Pete Carroll views this as a kitchen sink game. He's probably got some type of fake punt, fake field goal 
some Houdini shit lined up for this game. <laughs> but um, even despite that, I just think the Niners are the better team. And I think we see something similar to 2019 where they're celebrating a division title in that visiting locker room. I agree. Um, I am going to stick with my shtick, which is I've picked the 49ers in every game so far this season. Uh, <laughs> it's worked out. It's worked out pretty well for me. Uh, and so uh, I will, I will pick them here. Uh, I, I honestly, I, again, because it is a hat and t-shirt game, they can clinch the division. I just don't think there's any way that Brock Purdy doesn't play. Uh, I also think it's a little bit of gamesmanship from, from Kyle Shanahan. It's like maybe Purdy will play. Maybe he won't, you know, you might want to plan for, for Josh Johnson, wink, wink, right? Like, but I definitely think Brock is playing and I just don't think that this Seahawks offense is going to be able to do anything against this 49ers defense. And so while I don't think the offense is going to put on a performance like they did against Tampa Bay, uh, even though this defense isn't quite as good, although Tampa Bay's defense was beat up quite a bit, right? There were a lot of pieces missing in that mm. defense. I don't want to, I don't want to paper over that. You know, they were missing Vita Vea went out. They were already missing all, both of their edge rushers. Uh, they Starting were missing safeties. both of their safeties. They were missing their slot corner. Like there were <laughs> quite a few injuries. And so, you know, it, it does make sense that the 49ers did, had the performance that they did, but, um, but yeah, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go San Francisco 27, uh, Seattle 13. So similar to, to Akash, I just don't think, I don't think Seattle scoring two touchdowns against this team. And, you know, perhaps that score could be higher. There could be a defensive touchdown in this game. I think they are going to pick off Geno Smith at least once. Um, and one thing before we go, we're, we're up against it a little bit. I did think this was interesting. You know, we talked, again, DVOA. The 49ers are far and away the number one defense in the NFL for the whole season, but also over the past six weeks. Again, they are first at minus 28.5%. Uh, second was uh, New England. At, at, at minus 20.8 and third is the New York Jets at minus 19%. So I wanted to highlight that to say one thing that Kyle Shanahan is also good at is uh, recognizing uh, defensive coordinator talent and, and getting them on their team. Cause you've got D'Amico Ryan's with this 49ers defense. And then you've got uh, Robert Sala uh, coordinating that Jets defense. So I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, it'll be interesting to see now who comes in to replace D'Amico because, like we said, it, it seems like a pretty much foregone conclusion that that uh, this is his last season in Santa Clara. Vic Fangio. I think so, too. I, that, that is, I feel like that is the logical choice. The question then becomes, uh, Fangio likes to run a 3-4. Chris Kasurik coaches a 4-3 exclusively. And... Nick Bosa wants to play with his hand in, in the dirt. So there's those two aspects that make it like, would Fangio run a four, three? I don't know. Uh, I know that he can, I don't, I, I don't think there's anything he couldn't do, but I think that is the one, that is the one thing that makes me think mm, maybe, maybe not, but, uh, but yeah, we'll definitely have to see. All right, Akash, tell the people where they can find you, man. You can find me at Twitter at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V handles right there. Uh, and appreciate you guys once again, uh, always good chopping it up. Hopefully our predictions do come true in the 49ers. Uh, are able to win tomorrow night. Absolutely. Definitely celebrated division title on December 15th. Can't, 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 get can't beat that. Be With QB3. <laughs> or maybe QB4. Yeah, it might be. Really could see it, which would be insane. If Shanahan does that, 
coach of the year, maybe he's got to be right up there for it. So hundred percent, but all right, that's that discussions for another day for Akash and Brian. This is Al. Later. <laughs>